People all over the world have experienced the Palmetto State through film and television. Whether it's through memorable tales like Forrest Gump and The Notebook, or compelling mysteries like Outer Banks. The medium is great for highlighting the pristine beauty of different areas throughout South Carolina. The beautiful backdrops become characters all on their own. When it comes to scenery, the Low Country has a lot to offer. And the place we're about to visit, Beaufort, has a lot of movie history to discover. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring some of South Carolina's most charming towns and highlighting what makes them so special. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, I'll be traveling through the Palmetto State, interviewing locals who will share their own unique perspective on places to visit, foods to try, and insider travel tips. These towns may be small, but they are big on fun, food, and Southern hospitality. Today we arrive in Beaufort, South Carolina. I said it earlier, but it can be repeated. A lot of films have been made here. I wanted to speak to someone with a lot of knowledge about Beaufort's special place in cinema. Dan Rogers works at the South Carolina Film Commission, and he stopped by the porch to talk about Beaufort and what about it draws filmmakers to the area. Dan, welcome to the porch. Great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So what made you interested in working at the Film Commission and and what keeps you here? Yeah, it's a good question because when I was a student at Carolina, again, this is going back, Steven Spielberg was shooting The Color Purple just over the border in Monroe, North Carolina. And Spielberg, from a film kid, he was my hero. That's why I got into filmmaking. So when he was just over the border, I thought, Oh gosh, I wonder if I can go visit, <laughs> go visit the set. So I called the film office here in town in, in Columbia and I kind of knew there was a film office. You know, I'm, I'm a film student. I'm in college. You know, I'm not thinking about outside my little walls, but I called the film office and the director at the time said, no, they're not shooting anything in South Carolina. They're over in North Carolina. It's a closed set. You can't go anyway. So I kind of put that on pause. But then when that same director called the media arts department, they asked if there was any students that might want an internship at the film office. And the director of the department at that time remembered one of the projects that I made. I had shot a 16 millimeter film that got a honorable mention at the Chicago International Film Festival. And so he said, hey, there's this guy named Dan Rogers. He's into film. So I got a call and they said, you want to work? You want to intern, not work, but intern with us? And I thought, well, yeah, why not? This is cool, you know? Of course, I learned in reality that what the film commission entails, it's nothing to do with making a movie, but that's okay. (laughs) While it was different from what Dan was expecting, the film commission has a lot of influence on how South Carolina shows up in both television and film. So tell us a little bit more about the Film Commission, how it was created. Why does South Carolina have a film office? Sure. So the film, as far as I know, it there's a little bit of, it's not in writing, but it was uh, my understanding that it was started by a woman named Deborah Rosen under Governor Riley's administration to try to, again, spur filmmaking. Because if anybody knows anything, when you watch a film, particularly at the end, I always like to tell audiences and particularly students when I'm giving presentations, 
don't turn off the show once it's done. Don't turn off the movie once it's done. Watch what happens at the end. And of course, everybody says, you know, I ask, what do you see? They say, oh, I, I see a lot of credits. I said, exactly. A lot of people. It takes hundreds of people, sometimes thousands, depending on the size of the film, to make a movie or a TV series. So all those people require, have, and come with a specialized skill set that we want to try to help make happen here. We want to have those people trained. We want to have those people get an opportunity. So when we recruit this industry, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the the fact that the industry needs these specialized crew jobs to make it happen. And hopefully they'll hire our people to do that. So most film commissions began with that in mind, job opportunities and a chance to show off beautiful places in, in every state. So as I mentioned, you know, Deborah Rosen had that idea. I believe at the time, the first probably, and I could be wrong, but I think the first film that they recruited was either because of the great Santini in Beaufort or just after that. And that's when the big chill came in. So it was kind of like right in that middle area right there. And of course the big chill made a big splash for many people, including Beaufort kind of put it on the map. And Mark Indig was the location manager at the time. And he just happened to find Beaufort and I think he worked with the film office at the time, Lisa Goodwin and Deborah Rosen, to try to see if Buford could be the place to make this film work, and went off from there. That wouldn't be the last time Buford would make a splash in theaters. The town would be immortalized for a worldwide audience in the award-winning film Forrest Gump. Dan says moviegoers followed its success back to Buford. After Forrest Gump came out, I knew there was something to this because I got a call from a Japanese tourism travel agency, I should say, and they were bringing in a group of people from Japan. They wanted to go and visit all the Forrest Gump sites. I was like, oh my gosh, it played in Japan. You know, Forrest Gump played in Japan. And, and I got calls after The Notebook came out about young men wanting to propose to their girlfriend at the house that Noah built for Allie because that was the thing. Are there still tours today or can people come and see the locations of recent productions? I mean, on their own, certainly. There was a gentleman named Scott Reed in Charleston that was kind of doing a little bit of a, a movie tour. And I know there was one person in Buford that used to do it as well because Buford at one time had so many films shooting there. So an enterprising you know, person that wants to take advantage of it could certainly do that. But yeah, I mean, people can call me and I tell them all the time, here's like the notebook on King Street in front of the American Theater. That's where they did their walk. The Lowndes Grove Plantation is where Outer Banks, the main house for the Outer Banks. That's obviously the public stuff we can point to. Hunting Island State Park, that's a great location. That's where Forrest Gump was shot. That's where G.I. Jane was shot. That's where we just had a production of Fear the Walking Dead just shot there last week. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's the public places and, and Outer Banks. They shot there as well their first season at Hunting Island. So there's lots of places we can point them to and encourage them to go visit. So yeah, it's something that I love this part of the job too, you know, just helping people find their joy in South Carolina. Yeah. What is it about Beaufort that you think attracts filmmakers and showrunners? I think just if you look at the history of Beaufort, certainly having a, a native son like Pat Conroy writing stories about it, Absolutely helped from the Prince of Tides to the Great Santini. All of that kind of set the scene, certainly. And the storylines, the, the Southern writers, I think, just have something unique that a lot of 
you can find sections of the country that that have their feel. You know, this is a feel a set in the Northwest or a New York setting or something like that. But but the South just has its own unique flavor and and that you can't match. So Buford in and of itself. I think it's just such a, a wonderful backdrop for so many different looks. You've got jungle. That's the reason we got Forrest Gump. That originally they were going, Paramount had looked at Louisiana and chosen a few towns and started to build Forrest's world around Louisiana. But I think they just kept finding swampland, not jungle. And they were like, wait a minute, you know, we've got about 15 minutes of this film that takes place in Vietnam. We need to, we need something more than swamp. So, Again, back in that day when I told you we put together pictures, we got a call from the location manager, Mary Morgan, who said, hey, I'm in Louisiana right now. We're not finding this. We heard you guys have a little bit of jungle. Can you prove it? Can you show it to me? So we sent him pictures of Hunting Island State Park there in Beaufort. And literally, after that FedEx package went out, I think it went out on a Thursday. And that Friday, they said, we're coming in on Sunday. Can you meet us? So we knew they were pretty excited about it. And then when we met them in Beaufort and we showed them, physically showed them Hunting Island, you could just see on their faces like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. This is great. And they turn and ask the question every film commission loves to hear. This is perfect. What else have you got? So from that moment on, we built Forrest Gump's world based in Beaufort. Dan says low country culture makes quite an impression on both cast and crew during filming. Here's one interesting story from his scouting days. We were scouting in Beaufort for just one scene. It was a scene for an Eddie Murphy movie called, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to blank here. The Horror Mansion, the Haunted Mansion, the Disney ride. Oh yeah. Remember Disney was trying to turn all their rides into movies. Well, the Haunted Mansion was one of those. They were, they were shooting, they built the house in, in LA on a soundstage, but they needed the opening sequence to be Eddie and his family driving through the swamp to get to the house. And so they needed a swamp. So I'm taking the location manager around and we're out in the middle of nowhere at lunchtime. And I'm like thinking, okay, how am I going to feed this guy? And as it turns out, the place we were scouting, it was a hunting lodge. He said, Hey, I got some uh, low country boil getting ready to finish up here. You want some? And the guy's looking at me like, Low country boy, you know, because he's from LA, the location manager. Low country boy, I said, Trust me, you'll like it. And so he fed us, and this guy was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing food. This is great. And so we got to dine out in the middle. You know, it was about this time, it was October, and it was a beautiful fall day. Got to eat outside uh, Low Country Boil right there for that scout. Wow. That could have sold him right there, honestly. It did. They shot the film there. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. That's amazing. According to Dan, Buford's rustic charm has captured the hearts of actors, filmmakers, and audiences. And residents are very open to their town being a part of movie magic. Buford itself just is such a an amazing, and they're so welcoming. And that's what it really takes these days. Any production, not just a feature film, but any production, even a small commercial or a print ad, it requires a community that is open and welcoming to say, hey, this is a little different. This is a little out of our, our wheelhouse, maybe shut down a street or to reroute traffic or to close off this area just for the shoot. But we want it because Buford has always been very welcoming of that industry. So it's been a wonderful partnership with the whole Buford community in the film world. Speaking with Dan made me curious. I was eager to hear about the town from another perspective. Nanette Brown Sutton is an area native and owns the store Lulu Burgess in lovely downtown Buford. I spoke with her about what makes her town special. 
Well, Nan, thank you so much for joining me today on the porch. It's really lovely to meet you. Thank you. It's good to be here. So you're from Beaufort, right? Are you originally from Beaufort? Yes, yes. I was born and raised here in Beaufort, and I left, went to the College of Charleston, and then I left for New York City for 16 years and then came back to Beaufort in 2000 and opened up my business. Awesome. So why New York City? What? Why did that take you away from Beaufort? Well, let's see. In 1981, I got a part in a movie and it was called Swamp Thing. Oh, so cool. <laughs> it's now a cult classic. I was just out of college. I got cast by Wes Craven, the famous horror film director. I did that in 1981. And... Then about six months later, I I loved acting, so I decided to go to New York City to pursue an acting career, which I did. There's something about a movie set, I will say, that is truly magical. That was the coolest thing. And meeting Wes Craven was great. For a director who did these horrific horror films, he was the mildest-mannered, sweetest guy you'd ever want to meet. He passed away a few years ago. I can't remember the year, but it was just an amazing experience. I'm trying to remember. Adrian Barbeau was in it and a guy named Ray Wise, who was actually Swamp Thing. <laughs> and so so it was just great. I was just lucky. I was a Southern girl. And the funny thing was, I got a note from the producer after they did the film, and it said, well, we have some good news and we have some bad news. The good news is that none of your scenes were cut. The bad news is we had to dub your voice because you were too Southern. Oh, my goodness. How did you originally get discovered by Wes Craven? In my senior year at the College of Charleston, well, actually, the last two years, I was in the acting department. I did plays. And I graduated, moved to Hilton Head Island. I had a job and I get a phone call and somebody goes, well, the director of the theater at the College of Charleston has recommended you for this part in a movie called Swamp Thing. And I I said, oh, no, thanks. And I hung up. (laughs) I hung up. Right. And so then the next day they called me back. And they said, look, we really, really think that you would be great for this part. And I said, okay, okay, all right. So I was 21 years old. I didn't tell my parents who lived in Beaufort, 45 minutes away. I drove to Charleston on I-26 and had to pull off to a Howard Johnson's restaurant where I was supposed to meet these people, right, for Swamp Thing. I walk in the restaurant and there's these guys sitting in a booth and then they take me up to a hotel room and they go, someone will be with you in just a minute. And I said, okay. And I walk in and there's these headshots of all these beautiful actresses on the table. So I sit down and this guy comes in and he tells me he's the assistant casting person, you know, so I was real relaxed and wasn't nervous. As it turns out, that person was Wes Craven. I was just super relaxed. And then when I walked out of the room... You know, he talked to me for about 20 minutes. When I walked out of the room, this beautiful girl walks in with long brown hair. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I, I'm not going to get this part. <laughs> I said, she will. Well, two days later, they called me and they told me I had the part. Nan's journey took her to New York. While she worked different jobs and tended to her budding career, an unexpected thing happened. 
she was offered a chance to work at the United Nations. So what was your favorite experience from working in the United Nations? Is there one that stands out to you? There's so many I met because I was the person who orchestrated the events. Like I had a huge wait staff and the people that sold the different parties handed me the papers and they said, okay, take care of this party and run it. So I had to run everything. And I guess some of the standouts for the state functions, it's much like the White House. What was it like being in the room with world leaders like that? Oh, it was incredible. You're sitting there with these people who were in charge of all these countries. It's hard to explain. It's a very heady kind of feeling to be there with all this power that's in this particular room at a particular time. Lots of protocol, but a fabulous experience. For more than 15 years, Nan was away from Beaufort. It wasn't until her mother fell ill that she traveled back home for good. After her mother's passing, Nan chose to embark on a new adventure, opening her very own boutique in Beaufort. I'd love to know what inspired you to open up your store. Well, I had always been interested in retail and my college roommates remind me, they remind me now that when I was in college, I talked about having a store. I actually don't remember that, (laughs) but I have always been what I would call a student of retail because I am fascinated by excellent merchandising and display and product differentiation. And I love to go into a store that has been designed and merchandised beautifully. And and I like to look and see what it is that makes that particular store so cool. People always joke about how much I have in there. Because to me, my favorite store, I love those beautiful stores, you know, that are sparse and they're just gorgeous and they look good. But my favorite kind of store is the store that's like a treasure hunt. Like you walk in and you could spend hours looking. And that's what Lulu Burgess is all about. It's about coming in and taking your time and looking at everything. And most of the friends of mine say you have to go through twice because you're going to miss something the first time through. So anyway, that's just sort of my own theory. It's the way I like to do retail. And, you know, it might be hard to move around when there's a lot of customers in there, but it sure is fun. I love that. A treasure hunt. Uh, And very appropriate for being right by the water. Yeah. Where does the name Lulu Burgess come from? Can you share that story behind the name? Yeah. Lulu was a nickname that someone just called me when I was little. Really? Yeah. They just called me Lulu. And then Burgess was a family name. It was my mother's maiden name. Her name was Tranny Burgess, and it was my middle name. So they were my two favorite names. So I just took the two names and I stuck them together and I called it Lulu Burgess. (laughs) The vibe in Lulu Burgess is eclectic. It's entertaining and funny. Nan opened her store in 2001 around the time of the World Trade Center attacks. It was a time where she says people needed a little happiness, a little levity. 
So I eventually started bringing humor into my store and through things like funny cocktail napkins and magnets and cards. And then I realized that humor is one of the greatest things of all because people need to laugh. And I think sometimes I've watched people in my store, and you know, there's sometimes you meet people who are a little afraid to laugh. They might not have a great sense of humor. And I can get some of the most serious people to come in and just laugh out loud in the store. So anyway, that's one of my favorite things, I guess. So there is a lot of humor. I have a great sense of humor. And and I have serious stuff. I have beautiful stuff. I have jewelry and purses and some clothing. But I have some really funny stuff. And I'm also known for my very, very great card selection. I have people come from all over to buy my cards because they're hysterically funny. Lulu Burgess has become a staple in downtown Beaufort. Its quirkiness is a welcome addition to the different stores in the neighborhood. For Nan, those stores are a complement to the surrounding area and its ability to enchant visitors with its timeless aesthetic. So in your words, what is special about the Lowcountry? What makes it unique? What is special about the Lowcountry? I think here, it especially... With Buford in mind, I would have to say the history, of course, our history, our historic district, but it's combined with this beautiful environment with rivers and streams and the marsh grass and the egrets and the the birds and the beaches and the islands. It's quite a combination of just a beautiful environment mixed with the history. And I think that's why Beaufort has been, in the Lowcountry, I think it's been, we've had so many awards, you know, the most romantic town in South Carolina on the East Coast in the country. We've been allotted, you know, with many accolades here in this small town. What are some things visitors may not expect to find in the area? They may not expect to find. Well, I think when they come, they are impressed by the charm. You know, I think maybe they don't expect the charm and the friendliness and the beauty, you know, to go down to the waterfront park and sit in the swings and swing, to take the horse carriage. We have these wonderful carriage tours through the old historic point with horse-drawn carriages. We also have golf carts now that take people through. But there are these beautiful horse-drawn carriage tours that last for about, I think, 45 minutes, and it takes you through and tells you all of the history. And you ride under the Spanish moss hanging down off the oak trees, and you're going past all of these antebellum homes. It's just, there's incredible history here. Of course, that's not all visitors can enjoy in Beaufort. There's good food, exploration, and art to experience, all with a Southern twist one can only find in the low country. I can't show favorites, but there's some great restaurants downtown. And not just downtown, but on the outskirts of town, you know, we have great seafood restaurants. One's called Fish Camp, one's called Dockside. Downtown, we have Saltus River Grill which is great for dinner, and they have a sushi bar. So for a little town, we have some wonderful 
little restaurants here. You won't be lacking for good food, I don't think. We just had the Beaufort Oyster Festival here last weekend. So that was really cool. And my husband actually was, I call him the master oyster maker because he did the the roasted oysters. But he does oysters the old-fashioned way with a piece of metal sitting over bricks with fire and you put the oysters on and you wet the you wet the burlap bag in a bucket of water and you put it over the oysters and they steam open. Yes. He does it the old traditional low country fashion. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. I love an oyster roast, just the vibe. So what should visitors expect when they go out to eat in Beaufort? What's the ambiance like? The ambiance in Beaufort, well, each little restaurant has its own special ambiance. You know, some of the restaurants are are small and very intimate, like Saltus River Grill is beautiful. It has a great aesthetic, has very tall ceilings, sort of a nautical aesthetic. Hearth, for instance, has a beautiful Italian tiled wood burn. They cook the, what do you call it? You know, it looks like a dome. The pizza oven? Pizza oven. The pizza oven. That's it. Very, very cool pizza oven. And Lance Price, who is the owner, did a fabulous job on the decor on the inside. There's surfboards and great pieces of art, a great bar at the front. And then like, for instance, Old Bull is a smaller restaurant, more intimate. It's hard to describe some of them. You know, you have to go, you just have to go try them. You have to go try them all, I think. Yeah. So imagine you only have a day to take someone around town. Maybe it's their first visit to Beaufort. What are some of the places and things that they absolutely have to do and see? I would say they should come downtown and shop around. The main part of downtown is about three blocks long and then have lunch. But they should also buy a ticket and take that historic carriage tour through the old point. I think that's very important just to get the history because it's the history here that makes Beaufort so beautiful and interesting. So shopping, the carriage tour, that would probably be, I don't know, four or five hours maybe total to do that. If they have time, we have Hunting Island State Park, which is about a 30-minute drive, which is beautiful. It has a lighthouse. Sometimes people will run out there to see the state park. If they're really adventurous, we're known for kayaking and paddle boarding. You know, you can rent. My friend Tim, who owns Higher Ground over on Ladies Island, and there's other businesses too that do this, but he'll take you out paddle boarding on the river. So you get a little bit of the river. I think that would be probably hard to put all of that in one day, but you might be able to do it. I asked Nan what she wanted visitors to remember about her hometown. I hope that they take away with them a remembrance of the beauty of of Beaufort, of the environment, the beautiful river, the park, the friendly people. But most of all, you know, I hope, I always feel that we as retailers who work here in restaurants, you have to treat people so well that they want to come back, that they want to come back and visit you. And I think that's one of the keys 
to a successful town anywhere. That's my own personal belief is that you treat people the right way and they will remember that more than anything else. It may be small, but with the area now a familiar site for people all over the world, it's no wonder that Beaufort has become a popular destination. So even if you're streaming a show on a relaxing night, don't be surprised if you find yourself planning to see it all up close. Because Buford's cinematic appeal and beautiful scenery keeps people coming back for more again and again. That's it for this episode of the Palmetto Porch. As always, we want to thank our guests, Dan Rogers and Miss Nanette Brown-Sutton. If y'all like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out about our show. And to find out more about Beaufort or any of the towns that we feature on the podcast, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Ashton Carter, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. We'll see you next time on the Palmetto Porch.